Art and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show that celebrates all things creating and loves to share stories. Let's get together and tune our imaginations. I'm so happy to be back in the studio for Art Zany Radio. It's just great to be uh, back here and looking out the window, seeing the sunshine, looking at the last days of summer. We are moving into my favorite season. That is the season of studio and festivals. I just love studio tours and all the things that happen around the festivals. And I think it's where, I don't know, it's, it's the greatest time for me to be able to take a breath. Some of those events are outdoors. Arts seem to take center stage for me. I just adore this time. So I hope you're as excited as I am about all the possibilities. For me, it's I love being able to enter that world where other people have um, created something to get a peek into either their, you know, maybe a a studio tour, a physical space, or the creative space, or the creative products, and seeing what each artist has done or what they are performing for us. It's sort of a way to see into an artist's mind and imagination and see what those things, their mind, their imagination, their hands, their body has transformed And when they take a blank nothing and turn it into a glorious something, and we get to share that experience together, it's such a generous gift to be able to share that as an audience member and the artist and a visitor and a performer. It's just such a wonderful thing. And when I'm touring, I always think about the ways that those objects or that sound or those stories carry the pieces of our humanity and create some connections for us between the artist, the viewer, the past. We're discovering a pathway that we can connect with a piece. And I think that art can do that for us. It can help us to feel our shared humanity. So it's an open invitation to explore the world and find your way to what it is that you desire to create. So to begin today, I'm going to talk a little bit about one of the events that's happening. That is the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. That is happening. It opens on August 22nd with music from Brazil. That is at St. John's Lutheran Church at 730. Some phenomenal musicians. I I highly encourage you to go visit their website, which is bridgechambermusicfestival.com. Got to grab the right the right ending. It is bridgechambermusicfestival.org, I believe. Of course, it's at the end of my pages here, and I can't find it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this uh, tune for you. These are one of the guests that are coming on the 24th. This is from um, two members of the Silk Road Ensemble. That is uh, Mike Block on cello and Sandeep Das 
on the tabla. And for the concert, they're going to be joined by Gao Hong, who is a pipa player here at Carlton. But this is just uh, Sandeep Das and Mike Block. This is a piece called Flight. Oh, excuse me, I got it backwards. Fight or Flight. And there's some wonderful surprises in it. So I hope you'll enjoy this. This is a sampling of what's coming up for the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. I highly encourage you to visit that website because there's some great uh, artist uh, previews and information about the stories behind each of these artists. There's some phenomenal musicians coming. It's one of my favorite uh, parts of summer. So take a listen. Sandeep Das and Mike Block. Fight or Flight.
Again, wasn't that amazing? That was such a cool piece. I, I was really, really a lot of great surprises in there. And again, that was Mike Block on cello and Sandeep Das on tabla. That is from the album Where the Soul Never Dies. And you can check out more at mikeblockmusic.com and Sandeep Das. Dot com and just really explore all kinds of wonderful sounds. That's what I love about the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. It's constantly surprising. And the website, bridgechambermusicfestival.com. So those folks are performing on the 24th, which is Wednesday. Before that, I also want to mention that uh, Mike Block is going to lead an improvisation workshop on cello. And so uh, check out that because I think you need to let them know that you're going to come. That's on Wednesday afternoon. Then on the 26th, Nikki Chewy, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, and the 10th Wave Chamber Music Collective will perform on Friday night at 730 at the First United Church of Christ. And it concludes on Sunday, August 28th at 3 p.m. at Keepsake Cidery with the String Quartets by Women Composers. And that's going to be a pretty incredible thing. Um, I'm really excited for all that they're doing and all that is coming to our community. So I hope you'll support them in uh, the Bridge Chamber Music Festival. Also want to invite you this right now, this morning, if you're thinking about what you want, might want to do, there is, in fact, a dedication of a new sculpture in Northfield. And I want to make sure that you know that. So if you're getting ready, you can think about heading out at 11 a.m. at Highway 3 and 3rd Street. The city officials from the Northfield and the Northfield Arts and Culture Commission are hosting a public dedication ceremony for the newly installed sculpture. And that is, again, right across from the Quarterback Club. And that's at 11 a.m. And John Sterner, who is the Marshall-based artist, will be there. And he has created a sculpture that is um, just a really uh, amazing piece if you haven't seen it. Um, It is going to give a prominent place in our community to a significant Native American cultural touchstone. Sterner is drawing on his Lakota and Dakota heritage, and he created a 15-foot tall steel sculpture of an eagle in flight. And it is entitled Wandli Matakue Oyasin. I hope I've said that correctly. I'm going to Listen carefully when it it gets uh, spoken this morning, and it is also known as Eagle Relatives. And the um, sculpture at the base includes a plaque containing the city's land acknowledgement statement, which was adopted in 2020. And that statement is that we stand on the homelands of the Wapakakuda Band of the Dakota Nation. We honor with gratitude the people who have stewarded the land throughout the generations and their ongoing contributions to this region. We acknowledge the ongoing injustices that we have committed against the Dakota Nation, and we wish to interpret this legacy beginning with acts of healing and honest storytelling about this place. Art is such a powerful uh, addition to our community, and I hope that you'll join all of us there. The sculpture was funded by the 1% for the Arts Program, where 1% of construction costs of a city capital improvement project is dedicated to public art, and it's also with additional funding from the Southeastern Minnesota Arts Council. CMAC activities are made possible by the voters of Minnesota through grants from the Minnesota State Arts Board, thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Foundation. So that's going to be a really beautiful event. John Sterner is a fascinating artist. He does a lot of amazing things. You can check out um, his website, John Sterner, S T 
E-R-N-E-R, -E -E and I didn't write down the website. i got to remember to do that, but I, it's easy to find. You should be able to uh, do that. And, folks, we are going to be talking, hopefully in a few minutes, about the um, fabulous Cannon River Clay Tour. And so I want to go ahead and start the introduction to that so that you are familiar with all things happening. That one is happening this weekend, so you'll want to put that on your calendar. And the Clay Tour, this is the sixth annual Clay Tour, and it is the Northfield, Minnesota area ceramic artists. Again, it's Saturday, August 20th, and Sunday, August 21st, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you can get lots of details on that at CanonRiverClayTour.com. They also have a Facebook and an Instagram page if you want to go there. And there are four host sites to this. Um, it is hosted, the whole event is hosted by 10 local clay artists and features guest artists from around the country. It's a self-guided studio tour and sale and includes a broad range of professional ceramic work. You can go there and meet the artists, where, see where they work and enjoy the beautiful community of Northfield. The host uh, potters are Holmquist Pottery and that website is holmquistpottery.com and they are a team of potters who make the most uh, delightful, just full of joy, pieces uh, celebrating all things with whimsy and uh, great imagination. And they, I think each little piece tells an incredible story, and that is um, located out on 90th Street East. Uh, best thing to do is to visit CannonRiverClayTour.com. They've got a map right there. If you go to any one of the locations, you'll see one of the brochures and uh, be able to pick up that. There's four stops, very easy to do. Again, um, Chris and Sue Holmquist are hosting one of this, those spots. Uh, Canole, I hope I'm saying that, Kelly. I always goof up your name. Canole Studio is um, hosting another site, and that is right here in town. And Kelly um, is a, a, a amazing artist who does, She, I love what she says here, cups, crows, and curiosities. And so that's, that's uh, she has a beautiful garden too, I tell you. Uh, she makes, makes, I just adore what she does. And it's really a beautiful space to see beautiful potters. Each of the artists hosts about four or five different artists of different styles and um, techniques and ways of doing clay. Uh, the other location is Eureka Potts. That is out in Farmington. And that is our fabulous friends, Donovan Palmquist and Colleen Riley, their place where they have an amazing setting for all the, and you can see how nature inspires each of their work. Colleen um, does ceramics for the kitchen, home and garden. And uh, Donovan does wood and soda-fired ceramics, and they have a host of guests there as well. And again, it's just a beautiful property. I just love being able to spend the day out uh, wandering around and uh, just driving through through the beautiful glory of this time of year. And the final studio on that stop is Larch Hill Farm. And that is where Glennis Lessing has her studio. That's out on Highway 3. And she does functional porcelain and um, individually decorated with slip. And it's just, it's such a beautiful piece of uh glory to to you know to look at all the the critters that uh embody hers you'll know you'll recognize her style right away so hopefully she'll be in in a few minutes and we'll be able to talk to her about that i wanted to mention too that the 2022 tour de ceramique um is uh 
now happening again this year. This is sponsored by Farmstead Bike Shop here in Northfield. Their website is farmsteadbikeshop.com. They have a a location right downtown here, a couple doors down from the radio station. And that is a way to experience a clay tour in a whole new way. Sunday, August 21st, and um, the tour is by bike. I guess this must be the second year that they're doing it. Uh, they su- suggest, if you're interested in that, to meet at Bridge Square in Northfield at 9 a.m. on Sunday. They're going to ride out to the first location, and then uh, that's it's. They said it's a 12 mile per hour pace, so it says there's no drop, and e-bikes are welcome if you pace down. It's mostly road, but there's a bit of gravel. If you end up riding all locations, one spot I saw said it was about 30 miles. Another one said 40, so somewhere in that range. And, of course, you don't have to go to all four studios, but what a wonderful way to experience the tour. And here's the bonus piece. Any ceramics you buy while on the ride can be delivered safely by car to either of our shops for pickup at a later date. So you can join everybody for any or all of the ride. And that's, I think, an amazing way to see the tour. And again, farmsteadbikeshop.com has details about that. You can go ahead and explore that and uh, learn a little bit more. I think I might um, try to put on another tune here and see if we can uh, find another piece by... Um, let's grab Mike and his cello pieces. He had a whole lot of amazing things. So we'll see if we can't find that. Um, and again, it was, um, Mike Block and his music. So we'll go ahead and pull that up and see if we can find a tune that might be another way for us to make this transition. Uh, he has a, a whole lot of things And we'll grab that, and here we go. Let's grab this one. This is, um, you know, uh, let's get another one from the two of them. Uh, This is called Where the Soul Never Dies from both both the folks that we listened to for. Uh, This is Raghupati Raghava Rajaram um, is the... uh, title Where the Soul Never Dies, Sandeep Das and Mike Block. So let's listen to just a few minutes of that and see uh, how that, there we go.
I want to thank our uh, beautiful players. That's from the album Where the Soul Never Dies. That was, um, you should take look at the video too, because there's two dancers that uh, perform for that. And it is just really glorious to see the, the comparisons of the styles of dance. And they do a really good job with their videos. So I encourage you to visit uh, MikeBlockMusic.com for more of his work. And he, again, he'll be here for the Bridge Chamber Music Festival, BridgeChamberMusicFestival.com. That's coming up. And now we turn to the wonderful Clay Tour and the Cannon River Clay Tour. And Glennis Lessing is here with us. Hello. And- Oh, hello. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I I do adore this tour and always find it so refreshing to get out, you know, travel to the different different tour stops and also to, you know, just see all the work that you've been doing. Yeah. And and, see where people work. Right. And see the spaces that that some of the the artists, because like I mentioned, I went through the studio. So we got the the four locations of where those are happening. And uh, tell me a little bit about what will be happening at your stop at Larch. I'm pretty excited to be hosting four other potters. They're all women now that I think of it. Barbara Zavruha. Yeah. There you go. Taught me how to fire. Uh, She's a local potter. She's a co-host. And um, Monica... Rudquist will be returning, and Dolores Fortuna will be returning. And then we have a new guest from Kansas City, um, Margaret Kincaid. She works in stoneware, in earthenware, you know, like flower pot clay. I mean, that makes it sound, <clears throat> it's just to reference the color and the level of firing. But she, she's very inspired by quilts. And things like that. So yeah, I noticed on on her piece that there was uh, a real the patterning is very uh, you know it's just amazing, right? The d- intricacy maybe of it. Yeah, her work's beautifully made. It's very light and it's hand built, but it's very you know even and regular and lightweight. It's I, I have a piece of hers, and that's why I invited her. I've never met her, so I'm pretty excited to meet her. And uh, Dolores, this will be her third year on the tour. She is very popular around here because she was on the St. Croix tour for many years. And she also has really light, high-fire porcelain. I am in envy of her. Uh, She formulated her own recipe for the porcelain she uses. And I have a salad bowl of hers that weighs nothing, which is great. Because if you fill it with food, you want it to still be, you know, not a wrist breaker. Right, exactly. And then Monica works also in porcelain and she does functional work but she also has these incredible wall installations she's a professor at St. Kate's um, and so her work is just stunning it's mostly in black or in white um, and she's using porcelain you said she is yeah yeah it's it's it is really beautiful and I want people to pick up the brochures and so those are all around town or you can just go to one of the stops and get that, or you can actually go um, to the the website, the com, and take a look at the images. But, and I've had a couple requests on our email of how do, how do we get the map. And you can go to our website, click on map, 
That'll give you an interactive map, but there's also, it says, if you want a downloadable map, click here, and then you can get a, a PDF that you can download and print out. We'll all have extra brochures at our stops for those people who, you just need to get to one stop, and then we can give you a brochure right, with a map. There'll be signs. Tell us what the signs oh will gosh. look like directing people to all the studios. They have our logo of the jug with the Cannon River going through it. and uh, What color be- are they? Gray and brown, I think. Okay. It's because now we have some banners up, and those are in a brighter color. We have one by the where they sell corn, <laughs> and there's one on my place. Uh, so you'll see those big banners just telling you that it's happening this weekend. And uh, But, yeah, gray and brown and black. And those are smaller, but they will direct you because we have a traffic problem Castle Rock is closed to through traffic, and oh, so eighty-six is that's yeah, right. So people who are going from Eureka Potts to my place, they'll have to turn on twenty-three and then just come back up Highway Three a little bit, just to, just a scooch. So uh, it's, it's the other side of the rectangle that yeah, they'll do exactly. So they won't be able to take eighty-six all the way to Highway Three. They'll have to turn and then come up three twentieth, and then turn left and turn left again to get to my place. So Perfect. Be careful out there, folks, with those left turns. <laughs> but it'll, yeah, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. So tell us uh, for for your work, what what's been going on in your studio, and what, what the kind of things will will be. Gosh, I think feel like this year plants have inspired me more than ever. I've just been looking at the the weeds in our place. You know, these odd little. There's this one, I posted it on Instagram today. It's got this, I don't know if it's called poor man's peppercorn, but it's these little, it's sort of like that money plant, but it's a its a weed. And my mom said, oh yeah, my dad used to have us pull those because it made the cow's milk taste bad. Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> but they liked, so they ate them, they liked them. They would eat them and, and uh, but the, the, as a child, she and her brothers were sent out to pull those out of the pasture, you know, because... My place is was my grandfather's, and he had 40 milk cows that he mil- milked twice a day, 365 days a year. Mm. So, Yeah, I love that story. One of our first times getting together, we talked about how meaningful it was for you to be in that space yeah. that was your great... How far back? Just my grandfather. Grandfather, no, yeah. They... It's funny, because when I first moved here, which was 10 years ago now, I can't believe it, um, and... It, I was saying how their life inspired me, and it continues to, if not more in a deep way. Mm-hmm. They're still all around me. My grandfather planted so many trees, and those trees are very inspirational to me. You know, we have a ginkgo on the place, and I draw these ginkgo patterns on some of my work. And, um, and of course, I do the birds, and I have to say we have feral cats, and they kill birds, and very unhappy about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't catch them to bell them. And so what I do is I memorialize the birds. So, you know, if I find that they've taken out a blue jay, then suddenly there's blue jays on my pots. So it's just sort of to karmically slightly make up for the loss of that blue jay. Oh, I didn't know that was how some of those critters showed up yeah. on your works. And that's yeah. one thing people will absolutely notice about your work. I I think what I, I mentioned to you was that in browsing through the website and then the brochure is how many distinct styles of work there are, expressions yes. that come uh, through the same material. You're all starting with some form of clay and some form of you know, uh, glaze or, or ink or some, something to decorate it. But 
I find it really fascinating how each artist has developed a, there's just a distinctness. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's so exciting to me. For example, over at Chris Holmquist's stop at, at Holmquist Pottery, Chris Ansu, uh, they're having Steve Hemingway is going to be there, and he's a raku artist, which is you are putting the clay into a kiln, heating it up in about an hour or two, and then pulling it out while it's glowing red hot and plunging it into things like sawdust, burnable materials to carbonize so that the carbon gets trapped into the cracks in the clay and underneath the clay. And his work is stunning. And we have George Lowe, who's new out there, and he is uh, on the St. Croix tour. I love Mm -hmm. his work. And his is wood-fired, very, very brown, mottled, you know, clearly of the earth and um, Christy Clark, who's a new on the tour, she's local. Oh, I didn't realize that was her first time on the tour. <clears throat> she's is. been a, an artist in the community yeah. and been showing in a lot of different Absolutely. places. So this she's, is exciting. She's such a sweetheart. And she's got these hand-built things that she, they don't look like they're fired electrically, but I believe they are. And, um, you know, these interesting colors and really interesting shapes, you know. So hers is hand-built. George's are thrown. Chris and Sue have thrown work, and then Chris is doing his own line, which is, the picture here is hand-built. I think it's a combination. But that new line is really interesting. Uh, Completely, you can see the reference to his work that he does in collaboration with Sue, but you can see it's got its own voice, too. Right. It's Yeah, there's there's a difference in the, you know, the the combined work. It has so much whimsy and you know, uh, storytelling yeah, and, yeah. and the and the other piece that's pictured there, which, you know, we don't know what the rest of the collection might look like, yeah. um, has a lot of sophistication. Definitely and... worth seeing what he's got there this year. So how does a, an artist develop that expression that, you know, does it, is it something you work towards or does it come through you through to well, the clay? Well, that's a really good question. I, for me, I was inspired originally, I was working... I was at Lill Street in Chicago, and I was. What's great about Lill Street is it's a clay center like the Northern Clay Center. Actually, predates the Northern Clay Center. I always have to say that. <laughs> and uh, well, and so you, it was your home for clay, right? Yeah, and and I, you have the opportunity to work with all three basic clays. The three basic clays are terracotta. Uh, which I called the flower pot clay, stoneware, which is the most common, and porcelain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could fire electrically or in a gas reduction kiln. Um, and then there are workshops and things. There will be opportunities to wood fire and things like that. And and in my long history as a potter, I've tried all those things, and they're all exciting. But you get to see all these different styles, all these different teachers' works and people who come through workshops and in the gallery. So one day I walked into the gallery and there were some pots that they had just brought in from Matt Metz. And I said, I want to do that. Ah. You know, I started and I knew how to do it, but I had never seen it done in that way where it just covered the whole surface of the pot. And I was like just madly in love with it so I started doing it so that spoke to you and you thought yeah. that's how I want to speak yeah. to the world is through something that looks yeah. like this and I, and I really clung to that because when I moved here I didn't have a kiln I had an electric kiln that I was unable to plug in because of the power requirements I uh, you know but I said I'm going to keep doing this work and so I first started firing Colleen I met Colleen through Facebook, and she said, oh, you should talk to Barbara, and Barbara's firing at the old hauling kiln. 
And because Lil Street had always fired my work, I didn't know how to fire. I was 52 years old. I'd been doing clay since I was 15. So I went with Barbara and she taught me how to fire and explained about reduction firing. And then eventually she and I got a kiln together. And then from there, I was able to get a kiln. And, and the kiln that she and I got together and the kiln that I got are both made by Donovan Palmquist, who is out at Eureka Pots and has his, he's a potter and he builds amazing kilns. Mm-hmm. So, Very well known yeah, for that. Colleen and Donovan have been an incredible resource for our group. They're sort of, you know, the, our, I want to say padres. It's so funny <laughs> thinking in Spanish, but they are sort of, you know, if somebody needs a cup of nefsai, which is <laughs> that's something know, I don't an ingredient, know. you know, we're like, we're like gar- uh, cooks. We, you know, we, oh, does anyone have a cup of custer feldspar? You know, a red iron, a teaspoon. I just need a teaspoon of red iron. <laughs> so we, we're always, you know, our supplies, we all can put out an email to any one of us. There are 10 of us. And, you know, we all support each other. It's a very, very strong community. So, And that's kind of how the uh, Cannon River Clay Tour was born, right? Yes. And this is the sixth year of it. it I want to remind folks it's this weekend happening in um, in and around Northfield. And the uh, website, Cannon River Clay Tour dot or uh, dot com dot com yeah Yeah. i always get that goofed up but i'm sure you'd find it if you went in there and it is saturday and sunday 10 to 5 that's right at at all the locations four stops which is easy to do in a day do two eat lunch in town and do two more i mean perfect yeah perfect afternoon to finish just a quick answer to your question for some people Something speaks to them and they absolutely have to do it. And other people have to make decisions that are practical. You know, you might have just a basement studio and an electric kiln. You may have to just fire electrically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some people want to, you know. I mean, that's so it just depends on what you want to do and, and what are the practicalities of the different clays. Yeah, that is one of the things that I, I think has always amazed me is all of the processes and all of the decision making that happened through all of that and how each at each turn you know, you, you uh, go down a different path because you chose to do x or y or or like you said the availability of you know kilns or uh, materials or colors yeah. and so yeah the kiln is the big one you know <laughs> i mean and there are people who can't even afford a wheel and or a slab roller and i mean, i don't have a slab roller um mm-hmm. you know but it just depends on what you want to do and if you can if af- afford it or what calls to you it just there's a whole variety because there's so many ways to do clay it's yeah, so exciting I, I think and what i love too then in in those pictures is the co- you know the ch- the colors the lines the materials all are so there's a there's a range and i think not everybody gives clay uh credit for having yeah. that it, it i i think at this year i looked at those and i had this sort of experience of it's like a palette i hadn't thought of it being that way but it, it really a is a great way to think of it and so for every person who's who's doing the tour and looking at these pieces almost you, you'll never find two pieces alike right every single one of them is an original artwork but a lot of them have functionality and so that puts it in a different right. zone and so, so, so i want to make sure people know that uh you know these really are uh like works of art but a lot of them are works of art that you can enjoy in everyday life Right, and, and sometimes in a variety of ways. I mean, if I make a big piece, I usually make it so that if you want, you could hang it on the wall, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and such a variety of firing, just about everything is represented here, you know. 
Um, so how are the artists selected for... Oh, that's what I was going to say. We try to have a, a good representation, you know, a, a variety, like you were saying. But we want people who are local, if we can, underrepresented, um, you know, people who don't aren't able to have their stuff everywhere. Um, and then people who we respect and like, I mean, people whose work we really respect... Like we should mention, too, because it's not just the 10 local potters, but then there are the potters guests. coming and the guests that yeah. are coming from across the country. Yeah, yeah, as far away as, well, I'm not sure exactly. A Who's lot the of people, farthest, I'm trying to think? I think maybe Margaret from Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, mm -hmm. and looking around. Um, Kate Scherfenberg and Sean Scott are a couple, and they are from up north, Battle Lake, Minnesota. Um, a lot of times we've had couples on, on our tour, uh, you know, partners that are both making clay, which is also pretty exciting. Uh, so out at, at Eureka Pots, Donovan's work, Colleen's work, which is always absolutely exquisite and impeccable. Kenyon Hansen is a first time this year, and he is soda firing, and he's got these incised lines. I just am so excited to see his work. Julianne Shibata, whose work is always just so beautiful and and quiet you know what i mean and she works in high fire porcelain reduction like i do and sometimes we fire together sometimes she'll come out and use my kiln mm -hmm. and then kate kate's working in terracotta and sean i think works in terracotta and sometimes other other type of clay as well and james lachance who does wood fire quite a bit yeah um, there's He'll, he'll fire with Donovan a lot of times when they do a wood fire. And so there's a, a lot of, of a variety <clears throat> within just each, just each stop. stop. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I thought it was interesting, a lot of the potters that I, I read, because each of the, uh, you can go read a little bio about each of them on the website. So when I, when I read through them, I thought what was kind of intriguing is a lot of them this year mentioned, uh, you know, the inspiration from fabric or quilts or mm -hmm. um, cloth. And, and I thought, I thought that was a really interesting translation. It's, it's such a contrast, isn't it? It's, yeah, because you don't the the materials don't work right. the same. Way. One is going to last ten thousand years, and well, there is some cloth that's from Egypt and stuff, which is always miraculous. But it's also so flexible, you know. And I think that's maybe some of the attraction. Yeah, and it's the patterns, mm -hmm. and and it's also I think the stories. Several people mentioned the idea of the. Um, carrying on either traditions or like you said you know being on your your grandparents farm um just just the things that inspired them that you see and you know they saw and that comes through in your work and so there's something about that building of the the pot that gets translated and we get to carry a piece of that if we hold that pot too it's it's a gift yeah i think it's also very it's a kind of a, a challenge we give ourselves to take these ephemeral soft things and immortalize them if you'll let me use that word plants animals mm -hmm. you know um i see a lot of plant imagery along with the, the fabric inspiration stories i mean here's steve's piece on the on the brochure is butterflies you know i can't think of anything more delicate and so it's hard to pull off you know i i don't do flowers very often because the petals simply don't look delicate enough but other people manage to do that you know and and steve's butterflies are exquisite so how do you think that gets taught of being able to you know t translate 
that art onto that. I think that's that. the talent part. I really do. <laughs> I see people who are clumsy and can't quite pull it off, and um, and then other people who you're just in awe of. So. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned to me that you'd been teaching some online classes. I have. How I'm curious how how, how it is that that you can do that when you have such a tactile. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm certainly not teaching anyone to throw because that, for me, is something you you just almost have to do in person. Um, but I, the surface decoration is is a, quite easy, and so is hand building process. And this sprang out of COVID. Someone who is a friend of mine who had been on the tour, that's where I met him originally, he uh, he said, I'm do- starting a new business. I'm offering workshops online during COVID. And I was like, this is fantastic. And he came out the first time and did all the tech for me. And we ran it. And it was a big success. Um, and I just did surface decoration on a platter. So I made the platter in front of everybody. And it was like the cooking show where you have... <laughs> You know, six platters. Do you have all overhead in, something? Yeah, so, yeah, and so his his phone or my phone and an iPad and a computer all, you know, this is the miracle of technology. And then uh, people were very happy with that. And then um, Sarah McCart's network uh, contacted me unsolicited and offered me a workshop. And I said, absolutely. And then we had to do the tech because they are, were located wherever they are, North Carolina, I'm not sure. And uh, that was also, I had 120 people sign up, which was, that's another great thing about oh the online gosh, workshop. Class. Yeah, and so they can ask questions through the chat. You know, this was on Zoom. And um, then they, the people moderating can feed me the questions and I get to answer them. The hard part for me is I don't, I can't read the room. And mm. that, as a teacher, that's something I've always been able to do. Like, oh, I better speed this up. They're getting bored. I have no clue, you know. Or do I need to repeat this? Or was that clear enough? And sometimes I'll say, is that clear? And then the feedback comes in. But, And that one we did oval jars. And I that was for intermediate to advanced. I threw a jar, ovaled it on the spot. Um, and then we moved the camera. My husband helped me. And we have to run a router out to the, to the Milk House studio. <laughs> But it was that was also really successful, and again, I had I was left with like ten jars at the end because I'd made so many to be in process. You know, that's what I was going to ask because clay is not a you know thirty minute meal that you can cook no. on a TV show. No, it's a you know weeks long process. Right. So you had to to stop begin a project. You know, do the you know pull up like the magic they do on television. You know, here's the cake; it's baked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the only thing I don't cover in my workshop certainly is glazing and firing, and and because mine is all surface decoration, it's just a clear glaze. Mm. People are always like, "Is that black glaze?" And it's like, "No, that is a, a a clay, a black clay, so that it doesn't slide down the pot." Glaze. The reason it's shiny is got glass in it, and it's it it moves a little to you know, to be smooth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, everything gets clear glazed and it's all food safe, of course. Um, But that's, you know, you just give, and I gave out my my recipe for glaze to people and my recipe for slip and I'm always happy to share. That is something I've noticed about the clay community is there's a very great generosity. Yeah. And you have a lot of fans that um, follow a, a lot of different artists. Because one thing I know about the clay tours, if they're if you see something on a Instagram or a, a website, 
and you really want it, it might not be there when you get to. <laughs> I hate when people are like, how do I get this? And I'm like, well, it's already gone. Or you'd have to come to the tour because I can't just yank it out and send it off to somebody, you know, because I feel like every the best pieces would all be sent away before anyone ever really got a chance at them. Mm-hmm. So I do one online sale in November every year. And I've got to say, I put up last year 75 pieces and probably 70 of them were gone within an hour. Whoa. Yeah. And then there's a lot of shipping, which is why I only do it once a year. I can imagine. I've talked to a few artist friends who that that part of the process is not the part that is most enjoyable. Nobody likes that. It's not creative. No. And I use 100% recycled materials, except for popcorn. If I run out of the styrofoam peanuts that people have given me, then I use, I popcorn and put it in there. Oh, that's a good idea. It's, I, I love that about the business. There's just so much that you have to, you know, think about in in making things work. Yeah. And this is a great celebration of the clay community in Northfield. And, yes. And uh, we've got yeah, we have another studio we want to talk about too because there there is, like I said, so many different and I, and I love too because the artists are there. And the artists are able to answer questions, yes. um, to share, you know, if you're, if you want to get into pottery, how, how you might do that. Or if you're already making pots and you have a, you know, technical thing, they can answer those too. I currently have a young lady, uh, helping me once a week and she comes out. So I met her, uh, Mary Klossner does a, a helpful critique at the high school of the honors high school student, the art honors. Mm-hmm. She'll go through and critique in a way. She helps them, you know, she says, put your name on the front or frame this or those kinds of things. And, right. and she has that great retail eye. And that yeah, great, she's, and uh, she's the best. And she's dragged me along several times now. And um, so I just make a beeline for those ceramic students because that's my strength. And I gave my card to a couple of them and, one of them contacted me and I said, come out, see. And then I said, and she said she was having trouble finding places to fire over the summer. So I gave her some clay. She helped me reclaim because, of course, clay is recyclable until you fire it. Then mm-hmm. it changes. It's like 600 pounds of clay. So I gave her a couple bags of clay and encouraged and gave her some. She already knew how to throw and stuff like that. But anyhow, that's the kind of thing I like to do is in our community is help. Young people get started and to learn more. Right. Do we have one more? We got a time we for do. just a so few. We do. So sorry. No, that's no worries. Went on about my apprentice. So at the Canole Stop, uh, Joel Fraley, he's local, and he's got these very cool panels uh, that are layered with glaze and paint, and and mm-hmm. you can do that. You know, you can paint on ceramics, and so they're they're like these wall panels. He also does really fantastic functional work. I love his stuff and I I have several pieces that I use all the time. Kristen Pavelka, who's been here before, she was at the Holmquist Pottery Stop before. She works in terracotta, love her stuff. Um, And Chotsani Elaine Dean um, is up in the city. She's a, a teacher and I don't know a ton about her work. I'm really excited to Go and see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her story online about the uh, reasons that she does clay is really a, a beautiful. Um, you know, she's trying to tell the history, right, and to reconnect with some of her ancestors. And oh, so, cool! Yeah, it's really amazing. You guys are all connected to so many great 
potters and stories and the pieces that you know you bring home are in fact originals and they are just it will add something to your life that you never expected yeah that's what i think yeah living with the, and, and kelly of course is a professor at carlton um and she won't be present at the su- stop but her work will be there mhm so yeah she's she's does uh, things that people uh, again, can recognize right away when yes. you see a Kelly piece. It's, yeah. it, it's there's she, so I, that tells me that the artist has found their way to find um, their voice, the the one that was intended to yeah. you know go out in the world, and that's that's what's fun about about this. So I'm really excited for this weekend's uh, Cannon River Clay Tour. Uh, again, we mentioned earlier the um, Tour de Ceramique, and so that yes. is on Sunday morning at Bikes 9. Bikes and pots. Meet at the Bridge Square. Okay, good to know. If you're interested in doing that route, or you can stop by. I would love to do it with them. Yeah, I bet, I bet you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're wearing I'm your bike just, t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I biked here. <laughs> and they are, um, a Farmstead Bike Shop is who's hosting that. And so if you have any questions about that, I'm sure they'd be I happy. Just, I'll say again, if, you, if you're on that bike tour, and you buy something at one of the stops, we will hold it for you until the end of the day. Or I will take all the pots that didn't get picked up and over to Farmstead Bike Shop on Tuesday. I think they're closed on Monday. So uh, you can buy pots. We'll hold them for you, and we will deliver them. Yeah, and I think even Farmstead said they would either hold them at this location or they have a location in Minneapolis. Yes, so So if you come down from the cities, then you can... Or you might be able to get by to one of the to the stops before five p.m. Exactly. Yeah. So it's or five oh five. It's okay. <laughs> I think I've been at the tour and lingering for a few extra minutes because it was just so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> folks, I really appreciate Glennis you being here today. Oh. It's um, uh, going to be a thrill this it's weekend. It's always a pleasure to see you, Paula, and to talk about uh, clay. Mm-hmm. You know who wouldn't love that. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) folks, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. I thank you so much for listening to the show and helping us celebrate all things creating and stories. I hope that in the meantime, until next time, you find that time to enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zaney is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 